Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Chuck Lawless. And I'm Caleb Iverson. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today, we're excited to be joined by our good friend, Dr. Jim Shaddix. Dr. Shaddix holds the Deborah Criswell Chair of Expository Preaching here at Southeastern Seminary. He's the Senior Professor of Preaching. And for me, he is a, a great friend, a role model, uh, a confidant, and I'm just excited for you to get to hear from him. So, uh, Dr. Shaddix, tell us about your, about your family, about your ministry. Just give us a general history real quickly, and then we want to move into talking about pastoral ministry. Great. Thank you guys for uh, letting me be a part of this. Uh, privileged to, to be raised in a Christian home by two godly parents who are still serving the Lord in their retirement uh, in Texas. Uh, and God drew me to himself um, and when I was nine years old, as when I came to faith in Christ. Uh, been married to my wife, Deborah, for 40 years um, this year. And we've been blessed with uh, three children, three adult children now, who have uh, given us 11 grandkids and about to uh, have our 12th, uh, by God's grace. And Good. So, yeah. So we're very, very excited about that. Uh, I've been serving the Lord, I guess, informally, you know, since I was uh, ordained, set apart by a local church for a little over 40 years now. And uh uh, just uh, uh, grateful to be a part of um, what the Lord's doing, and and uh, can't imagine doing anything else. You know, so. How did you know that the Lord was calling you to do this this kind of work? <clears throat> you know, the Lord used the call to preach uh, really as the initial thing in in my life. I think sometimes it's just the general pastorate or call to gospel mm-hmm. ministry, but uh, He really used the call to preach. I been playing college football, which has been a dream of mine. Uh, used to didn't think that there was anything uh, more thrilling than running out on a field on a Saturday night and throwing a football around. Uh, but the first time I ever got up to preach, uh, God gave me a joy and a thrill and a satisfaction in that, that work that was just a confirmation of, uh, of his call. So that's what he used. He, he used uh, kind of taking one dream away, uh, but Mm. replacing it with what I think he had been calling me to do for several years prior to that, but I just wasn't paying attention. It's interesting. Mm. We've talked on this podcast uh, a few weeks ago about my my call to ministry, which was very clearly a call to preach. And I had no idea what a call to pastoral ministry was. I'd never been in church in my life. But the Lord made it very clear in a single statement in my mind that I was to proclaim his word. And so— that has governed everything else. So as long as I get to preach, I'm I'm good. Uh, you know exactly, and 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 the Lord used that call to preach in my life to lead to the pastorate. I know when I look at Scripture, the pastorate, you know, is the calling. You know, it's the office mm-hmm. gift. But I kind of got there pragmatically, you know, because I I wanted to preach, and it looked to me like pastors were the guys that got to do that the most. So I figured I'd be a pastor. <laughs> but then the Lord confirmed that as I moved, you know, through that. Yeah, and my church said to me, if you're called to preach, you have to be a pastor. <laughs> Is that right? So I wrestled with mm. my, my deep desire to teach that really preceded my call to preach. Yeah. 
And I was caught in, all right, my church says I have to pastor. I know I'm called to preach, but I also know I want a grade book. And so the Lord just graciously has worked that out over the, over the years. Caleb, this is Pastor Appreciation Month. So talk to us about what we're doing with the podcast, and then we'll continue to talk with Dr. Shaddix. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting, the, the conversation about calling that you guys were talking about. I wonder if that's a generational thing, because I don't hear many of my peers saying, hey, I feel called to preach, but it is more of an explicit, I feel called to pastoral ministry. Uh, so it's just interesting to hear your conversation in that, but maybe we can dive into that later. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It could be. It could be. It could be that your generation uh, so associates the two that they only think about pastoral ministry. Yeah, for me, that, that was my experience okay. uh, of seeing pastoral ministry. But okay. yeah, well, listeners, um, we're, we're excited. As you know, the month of October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And so we're really excited for the Pastor Center. We've got a lot of fun things planned. Uh, So we just want to encourage you to tune in this month. We're doing a lot of things at the Center, including special podcast episodes. um, And we're kicking off Pastor Appreciation Month with this episode with Dr. Shaddix. Um, We're also going to have a lot of special articles post on our website. We'll have articles posted every Tuesday and Thursday. So make sure to tune in on our website. We'll also post those on social media. And also, we're going to do some fun giveaways. We've got some merch for the Center that we'll give out. Uh, that we think would be helpful for you guys. But also we're going to give out uh, some books as well. So pastors love giveaways, so make sure to tune in for that. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at Pastor Center, and our website is pastorcenter.org. So our handle on Twitter is Pastor Center, and our website is pastorcenter.org. I will say, Caleb, that I think merch, we have some merch. I think that's generational. So I think my generation says merchandise. <laughs> merchandise. Uh, I, I think. So. Just well, takes to too swag. much energy. That's right. That's yeah. too many syllables. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Dr. Shaddix, we're, we're so glad to have you today. You have served as a, as a pastor. You now currently serve as an, as an interim pastor. What is it about the role of pastor or interim pastor that, that most brings you joy? You know, Dr. Lawless, you and I have talked about that, that we, we share a lot of things in common, but one of the things is just our our heart for pastors and pastoral ministry. And we've talked about the fact not a day goes by mm-hmm. that we don't think if we were writing the script, we would be, you know, back at, as a lead pastor in a local church. Uh, love the pastorate, uh, front lines of, of, I think, gospel ministry, and uh, so much regard for these brothers that are listening, that are doing this and leading mm-hmm. the way. When I look at pastoral ministry, if I if I had to put you know things in order of uh, the things that light me up the most about it, it would be pastoral preaching, mm-hmm. and it's the biggest thing that I miss. One of the reasons I do interim pastorates is because I just I love being able to shepherd God's people from the pulpit. I know it's not the only you know, part of our shepherding, but I, I do think it's the first, you know, part of, of it, of what we do, and being able to see people transformed by the Word, shaped into the image of Christ, you know, over a period of time, and grow in their their love for God's Word. So that that's the, that's the thing that I love the most about. And if I'm not mistaken, you have a book coming out about leading from the pulpit, correct? Uh, Dr. Scott Pace uh, and I uh, have a a book that's scheduled to be released right after the first of the year, Crossways Publishing. It's called Expositional Leadership, and uh, it's about leading uh, from the pulpit. 
um, really broader than just uh, leading in growth in Christ, but leading the church in general. How mm-hmm. is that? You know, how, how is that informed and and shaped by what we do in the preaching event? Yeah, yeah I think we pastors miss a lot of opportunity when we don't think about how we apply text. We don't think about how we illustrate text. Mm-hmm. We don't think about how we connect text with things we're doing in the church. We can do a lot from just expositing the word and thinking about our, our, our congregation. So right. I look forward to, to reading that book. Tell, tell us about pastors that have meant a lot in your life. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, so I, I start with James Mangum. Uh, he was, he's the first pastor I m- remember. I know there were some. We were in churches before that. But uh, he was the pastor that— uh, the Lord used in addition to my parents, you know, to draw me to himself uh, in uh, rural Alabama. Uh, and um, I'm just so grateful uh, for his faithfulness uh, as a pastor and a preacher and uh, thankful for God's grace and how he used his ministry to ultimately save me. You know, so. That's great. Deborah's dad, my wife's dad, um, was a pastor for over 40 years, and uh, he had a huge impact just seeing his life, never pastored a a large church, never made a lot of money. In fact, he was always very hesitant about the church, giving him raises, and he didn't didn't want that to ever be a hindrance. Uh, He was one of the men that uh, I, when when the Lord called me to ministry, or I responded to, to God's call to ministry, that I sat down with and said, hey, what would you tell a young minister, I know a lot of, you know, a lot of guys do that. And I'll never forget what he said. You know, he, he first thing out of his mouth was he said, Jim, you got to love people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've never, never forgotten that uh, just on that. Uh, and that's not something that always comes easy. You know? Right. right. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just that that priority, you know, in his life. Yeah, so. yeah I think this is really important, Caleb, for, for your generation. If, if I have a fear for your generation, it is that you you see the need to change churches, meaning you want to lead a church through change. But my fear is you have a tendency to to lead people to change that you haven't learned how to love first. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and when you don't love them first, you tend to run over them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want that to happen. I want us to love the people God's placed under our care, and then we learn how to shepherd them well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And it's interesting that you, you bring that out because I, I do agree. Um, I think as I've just been reading and, and reflecting, honestly, for Pastor Appreciation Month of pastors in my own life, the thing that has stuck out to me the most and has been the most impactful is is how they've loved me and how hmm. they've cared for me. And so much of pastoral ministry, really, it's built on love. It's we love and shepherd in the way that Christ loves and, and shepherds us. Uh, but yeah, I think there is something to be said there of before you, you you strive to change, even though there may be change that needs to happen, yeah. Right. If, you, if the people don't know how much you love them and care for them, you know they can't get behind that that change. Here at Southeastern, we believe that the Great Commission is the church's mission. That is why we are committed to ministry preparation in partnership with the local church. Through more than forty advanced graduate and undergraduate degrees. We offer robust biblical and theological education that equips students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. Visit sebts.edu to learn more.
That's good. Dr. Shaddix, you are senior professor of preaching. I love preaching. It's an interesting part of pastoral ministry in that when it goes well, it's really exciting. For me, at least, when I feel like or I perceive that it hasn't gone well, I, I can lie awake at night thinking about how could I have done that better. As you, as you think about your equipping pastors to preach over the, over the years, give us two or three suggestions that you would give to most pastors to, to strengthen their preaching. For our listeners today, what would you say? Here are some things you can do, most of us can do, to grow in our preaching. Yeah, you know, I, I think one of the first things that comes to my mind, really just pl- playing off of something you said, is us quit measuring ourselves uh, and evaluating ourselves by the same standards that we evaluate you know, other public speakers, communicators, and even other areas uh, of skill, you know, in our lives. It, preaching is a supernatural event, and all all of us have had the experience of, okay, thinking we laid an egg, mm-hmm. you know, once, but then only to see it, hear about how God used it, and vice versa, you know, uh, walking away from the pulpit thinking, I really killed at that time, and then really never see any spiritual True. fruit. So there's this, uh, you know, there's there that tension of trying to measure ourselves by a performance, and, mm. you know. Yeah. Paul in in 1 Corinthians 2, uh, you know, told the Corinthians, you know, uh, I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And I don't think he was just blowing smoke. I Mm -hmm. think he really, if you go back to the Acts narrative when he was in, you know, Jesus spoke to him in the night and said, don't be afraid. Obviously, Mm -hmm. he was afraid, you know, and that's an encouraging verse for me, you know, uh, to hear the Apostle Paul say that. But he said, I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And I just look at that and think, you know, so often we're thinking our our effectiveness as a preacher is going to come with us increasing in our oratorical ability and it being at a certain level. And certainly we need to give attention to those things, but we need to give attention to them more for making sure that they're not distractions from the Word of God, uh, but to be yielded to the Spirit of God so that when we preach, it is a supernatural event. And, uh, uh, you know, so just, uh, you know, remembering that. Uh, Another thing that comes to mind, you know, Chuck, is just um, don't try to hit a home run every Mm. every time. Uh, You know, I think the guys with the best batting averages in baseball, I'm not a baseball expert, but they're the guys that are just, and they get base hits, you know, and uh, I think in pastoral preaching in particular, you know, if we we put pressure on ourselves that this is, man, this has got to be the, you know, the best sermon I've ever preached and I've got to knock it out of the park uh, as opposed to just steady faithfulness, uh, expounding God's word and, and, you know, uh, giving that to people and trusting in the power of the word then to do its work. So, mm. Mm. I think back to when I started pastoring and maybe you as well. We we preached three times a week. It was mm. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and I I often wonder how we did that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think to your point, what I've decided now is at least two of the three sermons probably stunk. That w- that uh, and maybe all three did. I, I don't know. It's real possible, but. I think it is really helpful to say, look, give it your best with every time you're preaching the word, 
But that doesn't mean it has to be a home run That's every right. time. The, the yeah. Spirit's bigger than that. Right. The Spirit can use even our weakest preaching. Yeah. And we have a tendency to measure it by the home run standard. We do. You know, as opposed to was I faithful to, you know, to expound this text and let it do its work in people. One of the things that, that has always impressed me about you is your humility, Jim. And I I hesitate even to raise this question because it feels like I'm asking you to brag about yourself. It's not, it's not my point. But I would love to know, you, you have pastored, you've served at, in seminary education, you've mentored some significant leaders. How do you, how do you walk with the Lord in humility? How, how's the Lord... How is he producing that in you? And again, I recognize the awkwardness of that question, but I would love for our listeners to learn of your journey. Well, it, it, it is an awkward uh, question to try to respond to. You know, I remember hearing a guy that wrote a book on humility one time, you know, talking about it and just saying, you know, I guess when you write a, a book on humility, that immediately disqualifies you from, <laughs> you know, from having that characteristic, you know. Um, there's just a couple of things that come to my mind, uh, and this this is not, there's certainly nothing profound about it, but going home every day, and I say that metaphorically, going home every day at five o'clock to the same woman, hmm. uh, you know, who has not only stood by me and been a, a partner uh, in ministry, a wonderful partner in ministry, but that I know knows me better than anybody on the planet. And just the, it, you know, the relationship we have is just a reminder. I can't fake her out. That's right. And if I can't fake her out, that is a reminder, you know, to me to— you know, to really not, I don't always succeed at it because I know I do make efforts at faking people out, wanting to do that. But it's a reminder. I, I don't need to. I don't need to uh, to spend a lot of energy, you know, trying to fake people out. And but, so that that's one thing. You know, God's grace in uh, our marriage, and so thankful for that. You know, I I think the other thing, it really has everything to do with what I do now and what Mm. you do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being in theological education, I'm a fish out of water. I know there are guys (laughs) that, number one, they— they pursued this, set out to do it, and wanted to do it. Um, I didn't. You know, I'm, I'm a preacher, and that's what I felt like I would do. I swore I'd never do doctoral work. I swore I would never uh, teach. Uh, I just wanted to go preach. Um, obviously, you know, God changed that direction at some point and, uh, and gave me a love uh, for this ministry— but my love for it uh, and what God used to draw me to it had more to do with just wanting to be where there were young preachers mm-hmm. in training more than being an academician and a, a you know a scholar because I I'm not those things I and that's what I I mean by being a fish out of water I'm in a context that is a constant reminder for me that you don't bring much to the table here because I'm surrounded by you know, men and women that are smarter than me, and um, you know they 
they they that you know I'm just thankful for you know that that minister to us and help us. But I'm you know that's just not that's mm-hmm. not who I am. Mm-hmm. And so being in a context that I know I really on paper shouldn't be, uh, you know, in in that is a is a constant reminder, you know, to me of uh, just who I am and that I'm, you know, that there's really nothing to, you know, to brag about. Let, let me say, you know, one more thing related. I, I, I want to be clear to say I haven't won that battle. Mm, I wish I could sure, say 40 sure. years into marriage, you know, 40 plus in ministry that uh, this has gotten easier. The battle, uh, even in preaching of wanting affirmation and wanting people to tell you how great the sermon was and how much it meant to them and uh, i i fight that battle every week it it and maybe that's another thing you know that just keeps my helps keep my feet on the ground you know so yeah i appreciate that honesty because i, I wrestle with it too mm-hmm. uh, i many of our listeners probably know that i I describe myself as an accommodation under duress. I'm, <laughs> I love I, it. <laughs> I'm here because the Lord put me here, but I'm a I'm a pastor at heart. I'm a missionary at heart. I'm mm. not an accommodation at heart. The Lord the Lord has a reason for my being here. Yeah. But I agree with you. I look around at, at folks that I help lead. I think, what in the world am I doing exactly, on yeah. on this campus yeah. doing doing this work? And and yet I also recognize everything you said. Pam will occasionally say to me, Chuck, that sounded really arrogant. Chuck, did you really mean that that way? And I have to, I have to catch myself, Jim, to, to not bow up, but to oh. say, wait a minute, the Lord put my sweet wife in my life and she loves me enough to be honest with me. And she will often say to me, she said, uh, I will never apologize to you for loving you as much as I do. Hmm. And when she says that, what do you do? Except, yeah. except take what she says. And uh, she she's much more gentle than I, much more godly than I, and I'm I'm grateful for that. And then then I think about I think about our students, and we really are in a situation where our job is to raise up people to do greater things than we've ever done. That's really been helpful to me to know that I remember my first graduation. I had invested in a number of students for their three or four years in MDiv, and they were getting ready to graduate. And Jim, I went in my office and I cried like a baby because they were leaving me. But but one of the reasons I cried was because they were excited about leaving me. So I thought, <laughs> what if I poured my life into you for several years and you're not even grieving this? Yeah. And the Lord had to teach me, child, this is not about you. Yeah. This is not about you. Right. And so when I, when I still wrestle with, like you said, after preaching on Sunday and wanting to linger, to see if somebody wants to say something yeah. good about the sermon, I just recognize. Look, this is I. I assume this is a battle we'll face until the day the Lord calls yeah. us home. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we have to battle it. I That's think. Right. And so I appreciate Fight your your witness right. for that. Mm. Well, again, I don't want to I don't want to move in a, an uncomfortable position, but I do want our listeners to know about things you've written. So talk to us about some of the books you've written on preaching, and I would particularly love to know. If if our listeners picked up one book that you've written, what would you what would you recommend? Yeah. Uh, I've I've had the privilege of doing a, a couple of projects with uh, you know one of the the great uh, expositor pastors in our convention, uh, and 
our Southern Baptist circles, um, and that's Dr. Jerry Vines. And uh, it just, you know, uh, when I look back on it, uh, just continue to be surprised at how God hmm. brought us together and, and how gracious He has been to let me be a part, you know, of, of His journey. So, Power in the Pulpit uh, was, is, is a how-to book on expository preaching. It's a, you know, just step-by-step, I do that. And so just a kind of a foundational book, very practical for, you know, doing it. Uh, we did uh, another one a few years ago um, called Progress in the Pulpit, which is just a, a, you know, I think 12 chapters, each one on a different subject of how pastors can grow uh, continue to grow in you know in their preaching. Um, I, if, if I had to pick one, uh, th- this you know it, it may be one that you know uh, a lot of maybe one of the lesser known ones. You know, uh, and it's uh, now a little over twenty years old. Uh, but uh, wrote a book called "The Passion Driven Sermon." Uh, title's a little deceptive. Uh, it's not just about having passion in preaching, but it is, uh, it's based on preaching for the glory of God and mm-hmm. having a passion for the glory of God. Uh, and and it, if I described it, I would you know, say two things. Number one, it should have been written before we wrote Power in the Pulpit because it's a foundational book. It's not as much a how-to book. Uh, but secondly, it's it's basically a pastoral theology of preaching, of expository preaching. You know, is uh, I guess the way I would describe it. And so, you know, just uh, wanting to help pastors and those who listen to their pastors think rightly about mm. the preaching event. You know, uh, and and I you know I probably would say I mean there are reasons that I would hope that somebody might read you know any of those books, but if if only one, I, I, I'd probably go back to that one and say, because I love, I love uh, helping students and pastors think about the why we do what we do, not mm. just the how we do That's it. Good. We're very pragmatic, and we want to know, we want to jump to the how, uh, but I think the why um, becomes the filter, you know, that really shapes us for, you know, our entire ministries. And so I hope uh, I hope to update, revise, and maybe even get a new title, you know, to that book uh, someday, because I, I do... I do think there's some some things that can be helpful there. Good. Give us the title one more time. The Passion Driven Sermon. All right. Yeah. Good. Good. Dr. Shaddix, any final word that you would want to give to encourage pastors this this month? Well, you know, first of all, thank you, brothers, uh, for what you do for sh- leading uh, us and shepherding God's people. I think the you know the thing that comes to mind uh, just by way of encouragement is don't. Uh, don't uh, look for immediate returns uh, in the pastorate. Mm-hmm. You know, when we start looking at, for, at this thing as a career or a vocation, uh, I think we move outside of the New Testament calling of the pastor. And when you look at the pastorate in the New Testament, um, it wasn't about being in a good situation. A lot of times it was about being in a war zone. And Scripture doesn't promise us the kind of immediate returns in this life that sometimes we look for in careers and vocation. 
the promise, though, is of eternal rewards. Uh, and uh, just by God's grace, uh, to hang on to that and let that be the, the thing that drives us and that we look for. You know? Good word. Thank mm-hmm. you for joining us, Dr. Shaddix. Thanks for having me. Thank you, listeners, for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. And listeners, just a reminder, we have a lot of stuff going on for Pastors Appreciation Month. Uh, we hope that really our heart behind this is that you're encouraged and that we can just express our gratitude for the work that you're doing in your churches. And if you found this conversation helpful, um, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. And as always, we'd love to hear any feedback you're willing to give. It's our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors, and I hope that we've done that with today's conversation. And as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.